This week we have uh, Child's Play, a review of Child's Play. We have an impromptu other feature review of Rim of the World. Uh, because I said last week I was going to watch it, then I made Becky watch it, and then Ian watched it as well. And uh, I thought, fuck it, let's do it as a feature review because it's kind of new. Kinda I watched new. it on a, I watched it on a treadmill. That's that the way to watch it. Good place to watch it. Yeah, Mitch, would be fine with that. How do you watch stuff on a treadmill? Like I see people doing this in the gym, and I'm like. How are you like concentrating on that like properly? Like, are you not bobbing around to? No, you just get into the, the motion, don't you? I feel like you have to take your iPad to be able to see it properly. No, I mean like I, I've got my I've got my iPhone X. Um, I stick it on there. I kind of like run quite close to the screen, and you know, I mean, it's I, I yes, it's not the optimal way to watch a film, but trying to watch films while living my life, it's kind of I have to take them as as i can it's like i I often say um there's certain types of films if i get to work for instance um like if i mean i get there at half eight rather than the nine o'clock that i'm usually there uh and i don't open till 10 and i look at it and go right all i've got to do is literally print off a few forms and fill out a few little bits i can have something on next to me while i'm doing that I'm not going to then watch something that I really want need to invest in or something like that, but I can put on something like Let's Be Cops. That I can literally be sat typing in dates and bringing up data and then printing it out and stapling it so it's ready to all go for 45 minutes. And so I can do it like that, and then the other bits I'll catch up when I'm picking you up from work and I get there early and stuff like that. To be fair, I watched part of Eight and a Half on the treadmill. That was not correct. Yeah, that's that. That's a uh, that's yeah. That's not a treadmill watch. No, no. I mean, it was a. I need to get this watched for the podcast, and I'm running out of time. I must stick it on watch. But yeah. yes, it was not the. It was not the conducive. The thing is, I mean, it's. I think people who say, "Oh, you have to watch films on a large screen or in the cinema," have the luxury of having of living a life where you can do that more often than not. I try and stick anything on on the TV before Lottie goes to sleep. Not, it's not going to happen. Um, I might be awake for like 
an hour and a half, two hours. But if Donna's downstairs, it's not gonna it, it, it it's not gonna happen. So what do I do? I watch stuff on the train. I watch stuff on the treadmill. Every now and then, I got I get to watch stuff on my TV. But that's called I don't know life life like yeah. having a family and like respecting the fact that it's other people's personal space as well as mine um you know i go to bed Ian. i mean well yeah i mean I, I don't i don't i go to bed earlier than than you guys in fairness but like i usually am crashing about half 10 11 yeah um but you know it just it's it, the thing is though with, with that with the whole how you watch movies and things like that is it's kind of the the way that people now say I've got to like like you were saying you've got to watch it on a big screen or you've got to watch it on you know and actually Ian's kind of guilty of this as well you've got to watch it in 4k and blah 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 for instance eight and a half the first time I ever watched that was on a recorded version of it from I think it was Bravo or something like that that it had been on uh on a recorded version that had been re-recorded, uh, um, and I watched it on a, 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 a fucking tube backlit TV. <laughs> um, so, and I, 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 you know, yeah, you get, you get, we get a, a visual representation of films nowadays. But still, it's not, it's not like we're gonna say in 20 years time, and when we were watching on Farka, that was shit. Mm. It, it's just perfect film really is one where you get a certain amount of extra things when you see it in the cinema yeah. and then a certain amount of extra things watching it in the intimate setting of prime example i always mm-hmm. use that when i saw um goodfellas on the big screen i'd seen it first saw goodfellas on um vhs i've seen it on vhs i've seen it on tv remember tv is different to watching a vhs a blu-ray or anything like that because it's run through a different frame rate uh, I've watched it on DVD, Blu-ray, um, every form. Fuck, I've even watched it on Laserdisc. Um, and then watching it in the cinema, same film, but it was a completely different experience of it. Yeah, which is why I'm, I'm kind of psyched about this um, Apocalypse Now situation. Well, I've, I've seen it three or four times on the big screen. Well, I have not. Well, that's I, your I, to be fair, Apocalypse Now, aren't they? They're doing it in IMAX as well, aren't they? So maybe go see it in IMAX. It'll give you a new experience. I, I, I think I'm, I am thinking about going to see it Manchester IMAX. Can you imagine watching that in IMAX though? Yeah. You'd literally be like ducking under your feet. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Are we hitting up Manchester? I think we might. Yeah. Yeah. Good print works. Yeah. I mean, and, and like, and just going back to something that uh, Mark said that I mean, yes, I am guilty of saying about watching stuff in 4k and whatnot i i fully admit that however let's not get into the 4k conversation no no i mean no let's let's not but it's like the reason why i haven't watched alien in 4k yet is because i haven't really had the opportunity to go right a i'm in the mood for alien because yes it's like my second favorite film of all time but i still need to be in the mood for watching it and b when I do have the chance to watch like a two-hour film on my TV, it, it just it hasn't it hasn't been Alien yet. That's the thing. It just like I need to be I need to be in that mood. Um, I mean, God, I can't remember the last film I actually watched from start to fi- well, unless it was like with with Lottie or with Donna or something. The last film I myself sat down and watched from start to end on my TV 
which is really really weird but it's just the way i consume media now it's like i watch 20 minutes on the on the train i watch a half hour on the um on the treadmill but if it's like i do that or i don't watch the stuff at all i'm gonna do that and it, i don't know it's just the way it's just the way it works now i watched the first 20 minutes of shutter island on sunday afternoon because i had 20 minutes to start a film and i haven't watched the rest of it yet which is really it. annoying well that's it consume it as, as as best you can to be honest you know there's, there's occasional points where you have to do things in two or three little blocks and fuck it if, if it was something that i was really really itching to watch i'll wait till like like you're saying with the alien 4k thing i'll wait till i get the optimum opportunity but if it's something less so that i don't mind going larger i can watch an hour of it now and i can watch the other hour of it tomorrow night mm. yeah we did that with connor earlier this week didn't we? put the bernie back in the bar yeah we did an hour of it monday didn't we yeah. the last 45 minutes last night yeah i think you can with something like connor can't you because it's we've seen, a, we've seen it a million times and b it's not that heavy. No, it's it's you don't you're not gonna lose the flow of con air, are you? Something like Alien is very atmosphere based, mm. isn't it? Like you have to let yourself go to you know into it and really embrace it. Yeah. Um, Sound a bit cheesy for a second. But yeah, Shutter Island is um, not necessarily one I'd want to split up. I'd found split up Shutter Island. I'd, I'd lose the, the the no. Well, I suppose if you've seen it before, it's different, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, any news to report from this week? It, news and trailers, I think, have been pretty low on the ground. Yeah, I, I don't think there's been any news, is there? I can think of. You'll be happy Judy Dent has been cancelled. I know, that's amazing. What was can- what's been cancelled? Judy Dent. What? Oh, no, I didn't know about that. What she fucking said? Uh, about defending Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Smith. Actually, to be fair, <laughs> oh, God. devil's advocate just for a second, and I really dislike the woman, but just playing devil's advocate for a second... What she's actually come out and said is, you know, this work that they've done doesn't necessarily lose its value. Like, the work is still the work. If you enjoyed, you know, what you're going to do, never watch a Harvey Weinstein produced movie again. Never watch... Nine Lives. Never watch Nine Lives again. Yeah. <laughs> never watch Usual Suspects like again. And, and, and stuff like this. And, you know, performances, theatre performances and stuff like that. There's, Plenty of shitty people have done shitty things. Yeah, I, I just think that occasionally, you know, I agree with what you're saying, but, but, but it, it's just a little bit like, do you know what? You can think it, but don't fucking say it out loud. It's right to think it, but don't say it out loud because you're just going to get pelters. From your old, rich, white woman perspective, maybe just shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's, it, we're living in the middle of, for celebrities, it is cancel culture, and you just can't, can't say anything that disagrees with the mob. Yep. And I, I mean, and I don't want to defend her because I really, really don't like her. But I feel like the point that she's making is potentially well, it's been lost in the fraud. Been lost in the yeah, the noise. Yeah. Um, trailers. I, I, have we got any? This must be right. Uh, so I will say that they're calling it a trailer on YouTube for some reason, but this behind-the-scenes video of the new Bond film came out yesterday yeah which has got the most unexpected fucking soundtrack i've like i don't know what they're trying to do with new bond like 
don't, I don't get it, it. It just seems a little bit like like they've got a head, the new head of PR, <laughs> and he's just gone right. We're going to do all of it, and they've gone. What do you mean? We're going to do press conferences where we announce nothing, and then we'll do another one where we announce something. We're going to have. We're going to do loads with Daniel Craig, despite the fact we know he don't. We know he doesn't want to be here, but we're going to basically say to him, "Look, you've got to do this." Then we're going to do behind the scenes. It's like, do you know what? Just don't. Just go and making the fucking movie. It seems a little bit like a reaction to the possible news bits that were coming out the other week that all oh, the cast were getting a little bit pissed off with. What's his Ke- name? Oh, Kerry Fukunaga, because yeah. he was playing video games instead of fucking shooting the film. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fucking brilliant. I love that. Which which ranks up there as, uh, as, as up there with, um, what was it? Uh, David James once had a bad gaming goal for Liverpool and blamed the fact that the new Resident Evil had come out and he'd been playing it all night. Um, Axel Rose, that's that's a true story. That would be me. Yeah, Axel Rose uh, was once an hour and a quarter late onto stage because he was watching the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, film backstage. Just very very quickly while I remember. <laughs> what? Sorry, I got the secret of the ooze. Yes, uh, yeah. Do you know what? Fair play. That film's fucking bagging. So fair, good, good on him. Axel Rose was an hour and a quarter late on the stage, and it's because he was watching <laughs> the secret of the ooze backstage, and he he, he wanted to see where it went. That's so weird. Sorry, what are you saying? Just then? while we're on the subject of video games for a second, I don't know why whether it'll still be the case by the time the podcast goes out, but I will be a zombie for the next probably three four weeks because the Bioshock collection is seven pounds thirty nine on the PlayStation Store at the moment. So anyone who likes it that doesn't have it, because one and two I think are only PlayStation three. Oh, look at me. Get on there and fucking get it. Uh, hang on, Boy- Bioshock Infinite was only PlayStation three as well. I'm pretty sure. Oh, was it? Well. Oh no, hang on. Or did they do? A re- no, no, no. It was because then they brought out Bioshock the Collection, which was like all of them all souped up. Well, seven pound thirty nine for all of them. PlayStation four. Yeah, yeah I. I fucking stayed up until three in the morning finishing Bioshock Infinite one night, and I, I, I was so tired that I actually can't remember what happened in the end. It's a really weird end. It, it, it is. Yeah. I just remember there was like a spoiler alert for Bioshock Infinite, I think, but like you turned out to be the bad guy from like another version of reality or something and then you keep on like there's a lighthouse and you keep on going through doors and then going in different worlds and at one point you're in rapture and yeah it like there's all that stuff going on and it's i honestly i just remember images but i don't remember what the content was because i was that frazzled by just managing to finish the thing and the day after Donna and I were going um we're going away for our anniversary and I was tired and fair fucking play she wasn't happy because I was tired because of playing video games all night. I am planning on playing video games all night tonight. I no it just no 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 I mean god knows we've had these discussions in in the past on the show but I've set a strict if I'm playing video games I'm either playing them with Lottie or to unlock something that Lottie wants. <laughs> so, no, like, I've been playing Super Smash Bros. Ultimate by myself because I've been unlocking characters so that she has more characters to play with. 
you'll cave at some point though like some game will come out and you'll be like fucking hell i can't can't not but but it's like yeah i mean like i already feel that coming with like death stranding and cyberpunk but what's going to happen is i'm going to get 10 hours into them i'm going to get bored i'm going to delete my save and then just not bother playing it again because that's what i do because i'm fucking weird i'll get through a game and then think i'm fucking bored of this now i'm wasting my time and i'll delete my save i'll delete my save off of the cloud storage so that i can't re-download my save and then i won't play the game again that is mental why don't you give yourself a few nights off and then see if you fancy playing it at a more reasonable rate like oh do you know what? i'll have like an hour a night uh you coming through from reasonable rate about gaming i don't feel bad about it I just fucking own it. Stay up till five in the morning playing video games. It is what I do. But I, I just... He doesn't like doing that. I, the thing is, it's like, when I retire, <laughs> then it's like, whatever the fuck video games are then, it's like, right, yeah, cool, I can fucking do this shit. But until then, it's like, it's... No, I, I can't have the brain power and it's like cyberpunk worries me because i want to have keanu reeves play a digital ghost inside my brain for a hundred hours i want that just play but, it across three months you'll be fine play an hour a night that, that, you, that sounds fine <laughs> but it's not shit adds up and that's what I'll do. That's the thing, Bex. That is literally what I will do. I will get 20 hours into a game and then I will fucking scorch earth the save data. <laughs> that is just mental. It is. <laughs> but it's either that or I'll waste another 10, 15 hours on it. So in my mind, I'm getting 10 or 15 hours back. Not I've wasted 20 hours. I'm getting them back. But you'd just be wasting those, like being asleep or something boring. But being asleep means that I get cognitive function. It's overrated. Cognitive function is overrated. Yeah, and fine motor skills and like non blurred vision, they're all overrated. Right, okay. Trailers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine, trailers. Let's move on to that. Trolls World Tour. Not watched it. <laughs> of course you haven't. Why would you? <laughs> I have. The bloody Angry Birds 2 one. I like I, the Angry Birds. Oh, I've seen that as well. So what is Trolls? Is that, did, wait, there's already been a Trolls movie, hasn't there? Yes. Yeah. Did Justin Timberlake do the song for it? And a voice. He voiced one of them. Yeah, yeah. him and Anna Kendrick. First film that Lottie actually got through the whole thing at the cinema. So... And, and like to be fair, Trolls will forever have a place in my heart because of that. And Trolls is actually a better film than you'd think it is. It's it, very, very imaginative with the design, like super, super colourful. And I it's it's got a nice heart, you know. I mean, it's it's fine. Trolls World Tour, fuck it, what whatever. Like I, it, I don't. Weirdly, it looks. Like this time, it's like there's five strands of trolls and. They all represent a different musical genre and the rock ones want to take over. So I don't know. It's like rockers are the bad guys or something. And by the end, they'll all be friends because they will. Um, Whatever. I mean, like Lottie is going to have a fucking fit over it, which is, you know, what what all that needs to happen, really. It's 
if, if you know if it's got 50 percent of the imagination of the first film i won't want to stab myself in the dick while watching it so that would be a win yeah that's it it's it, 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 it's not a film for us. it's not a, it's not a film for me it's a film for her and that's yeah. fine uh even though the queen's corgi is a film for her and no no yeah no, that coming can fuck right off. Yeah, there's no. a line between being an understanding parent and letting, letting kids watch stuff that kids are like and, and going, as a responsible adult here, I am not going to expose you to that shite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am not going to kill those particular brain cells today. Yeah. I mean, like, we watched the trailer in front of Toy Story 4 and Lottie, uh, sorry, Donna actually laughed at one bit and I just said, right, you're taking her. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Uh, what did you think of the uh, trailer for uh, Angry Birds 2? The Angry Birds movie, again, like Trolls, is better than it has any right to be. The Angry Birds movie is actually quite fun. This one, I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, I, I, I don't. It, 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 this one, as can happen a lot with movies that, that are a lot better than they have any right to be, and then they make a sequel. The sequel ends up being everything that you thought the first one was going to be, but yeah. wasn't. That's a good way of putting it. It looks like there's like Pig Island and Bird Island, and then they've. Which literally is what it's like in the game, yeah. And learn to live with each other, but now there's Eagle Island. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's going to be the same again, but more. Yeah. Yeah. So the same again, but more. It's like, it's, to be fair, it's like Trolls World Tour. That that seems to be the sequel makeup. And I mean, it's, it's interesting because obviously we're in this summer of sequels doing shit. And it's going to be really interesting to see how Angry Birds 2 does, because I think that's coming out this year. And it's like they're going to need a quiet weekend. Like they need a weekend in September where they are the only game in town. August the 2nd. August the 2nd. Right. Yeah. They like literally if there's anything else out that weekend, that fucker gets buried. Yeah. 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 It's a. Like you say, it's an odd little fucking time at the moment. Uh, Endgame seems to have ended the game. (laughs) (laughs) Cinema's dying, folks. Yeah, we are done. Uh, Oh, by the way, Ian, it's uh, Hobson Shaw. Oh, it's about that way. Ah, fuck that then. I mean, just God's sake. Let's just. Hobson Shaw will will be a 15, though. Or or will it? Or will it be 12A? They're aiming for different customers, so Angry Birds 2 might do all right. I think they're going to go 15 for Hobson Shaw. Like, I I would like to think that they know that if they can get the action a bit more brutal than expected, that they will they will get some bank. You know, um, I mean, God, Hobson Shaw, I'm going to see it three fucking times in the weekend. I think. Well. Weirdly, we've got for, for kids' movies, you've got the next big one is Lion King. Uh, on, yeah, has anyone watched the new teaser for that? No. I haven't. No. Yeah, Lion King, which is 19th of July. I just watched some lions fuck on YouTube. Yep. And then the week after that is Horrible Histories, the movie. Then the week after that, you've got the Angry Birds 2 movie. And the week after that, you've got the Playmobil movie. The toys movie that nobody asked for and then the week after that you've got dora and the lost city of gold that looks all right i'm fucking up for dora and the lost city of gold 
And then the week after that, Asterix, The Secret of the Magic Persian. Fuck's sake. Yeah. I mean, so that that's the. I mean, like Lion King's going to be on its third weekend, and that thing's still going to be a fucking beast. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I don't know, man. Like Disney are sucking all the oxygen out of the room. Like it is, you know, people have been talking about being worried about Disney for a while, and I've gone like, oh, fucking whatever. But you can kind of like the last few weeks, you can kind of see where they're coming from a little bit there. Um, I mean, like, to be fair, Dumbo didn't do very well. Uh, but apart, I mean, what, like Captain Marvel and Endgame, Aladdin, you know, the Lion King's going to be a fucking monster. Um, sorry. Far from home. Yeah. I mean, like if I'm, if I'm, if I'm splitting hairs, it's Sony, you know, like Disney aren't making the money on that. Um, but it is Marvel. So I but even though I don't think like I think the deal that they have is that Marvel Studios don't really make any money from Spider-Man Far From Home. But Sony have to basically let them do whatever the fuck with Spider-Man for the MCU films. Yeah, that's that's basically it. They, 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 don't, they, they make the money but have no actual intellectual property over it, I think. <laughs> uh what else have we got? Uh, Point Blank, the uh, Netflix uh, war party movie. War party is. Huh? Did we not talk about that last week? Maybe no. we didn't. It's out no. on Netflix. That's out on Netflix next Friday, isn't it? It is indeed. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, mate. Yeah, uh, Joel Lynch movie. Um, it, yeah, I'm, I'm up for this. It's 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 Frank Grillo and Joe Carter producing and making movies that are mostly going to star. Frank Grillo, it would appear. Um, <laughs> but they are, it's essentially Joe Cannon's acting as producer and like a creative director. So we're just going to get a lot of 70s style, gray, fucking French Connection style films, which is what this looks like it kind of is. I'm well up for that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, is it something when I would get the cinema before you would? Probably not, but. It, it's definitely something that I will watch on Netflix. It's, it's something I would I would pay to buy. It's just not something I'd watch at the cinema. I'd have to watch this at the cinema, but I, but I can see what you mean. It, it, it's they, they are they're pitching themselves at the right place, and it look it looks it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's twelfth uh, of July on Netflix. That is cool. Not Annabelle me. Annabelle comes home and point blank. What a double bill. It's going to be a fucking solid one that one. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Killerman. Mm. Got not Chris in it, hasn't it? It's got yeah, it's got not Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. It's got Miley Cyrus's husband in it. Mr. Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Um, have you seen the trailer for this, Ian? Uh, no. Is it is it Killerman, not Nick Killerman? It's actually it's Killerman. Killerman. Yeah, it's all one word. Okay. Um. Yeah, so the, well, the premise of it, I, I let you you weren't impressed with it, but I actually quite like the premise of it. I, do you know what? We watched it about a quarter of an hour ago, and I can't even remember what the premise of it was. It was that boring. Well, the premise of it is that he's a money launderer for the mob, and he's in the middle of a essentially a, a job that they're doing of an, for an exchange, and he ends up in a car chase with the police and loses his memory. So he's got 
all this money that he needs to launder through, but has no idea how he's got it or what he's supposed to be doing with it, just that he knows that he's a money launderer because his partner's told him he is. And that's, <laughs> okay, that's, that's interesting. And the thing is, it, 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 it looks like it's going for more of a less action thing and more... It's pitched more towards, let's say, something like Drive than it is towards something like all the Liam Neeson movies like The Commuter and things like that. It's more towards that, the Drive side, than it is to that side. That's fine, but Drive holds up largely because of the central performance. That's fine. And this has got Liam Hemsworth in it. Who? Not Chris. Not Chris Hemsworth. Cool, yeah. I, I, I'm intrigued by it, to be honest. So, fuck you. You're just going to watch it and just be the whole time going, it's just not as good as Chris, though, is he? Well, let's see. He's just not. Let's, 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 let's give Miley's husband a chance. <laughs> uh, Ian, what else have you seen? Hmm. Nothing. I'm good. I'm, a, I'm spent. I think I've got one more. Uh, Queen and Slim. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, is that the uh, Lena Waif thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the film looks interesting. The trailer is terrible. It's okay. Bad. It's an awful... And what I mean is not saying that it, it gives away too much of that. It's just a really badly put together trailer, mm. isn't it? Mm. it? It seems like it was, it was made by somebody who doesn't know how to use the editing suite that they were using. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's not it's not good. It's it, it's a it's a crap trailer for what I think could be a really quite interesting movie. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 it for trailers. Cool. All right, I, I'm staying the ship out of here. So. Yeah, do you? Shut the fuck up. You try hosting one week, bitch. I don't want to. Whoa, <laughs> blimey, Charlie. Yeah, Mark, blimey, Charlie. What? 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 Fuck you. Uh, so. Over here, Andy. Leave me alone! <laughs> Over here. If they don't let us play, they all go away. Why are you doing this? Are we having fun now? <laughs> are you my best friend? If they don't let us play, they all go away. Child's Play is a uh, a reboot of the 1988 film, which the series of those films I think is actually still going, because I think they made the last one only a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Cold Chucky. Cold Chucky. Yeah. So yeah, so that's kind of still going, but they decided, you know what? Fuck that shit. We're gonna get rid of Creator. We're gonna get rid of the voice of Chucky, and we're just gonna make another one. Why not? Why not? Um, yeah, we'll stack on that it's from the producers of uh, it. It'll be fine. People might think it's a Stephen King movie. It is not. No, it's not. Um, so we have uh, Lars Klebberg is on as directing, um, and Gabriel Bateman, Aubrey Plaza, Brian Tree Henry are yeah. there. Uh, Tim Matheson is there as well, um, and Mark Hamill voices uh, the 
doll. Don't they? Yeah, you didn't notice Mark Hamill. No, I didn't know. Yeah. So, remember guys, we're all spoilers all the time. Um, I'm about to spoil it in the synopsis because I think it's it's key to spoil it in the synopsis. Um, but it changes the origins of the doll uh, straight away. So, it's no longer the possessed by a, the spirit of a serial killer. It's now... Uh, essentially had its programming changed by a disgruntled worker, a, a disgruntled worker. Uh, and so now it's had everything that is bad disabled on it and it, it it's it's basically programmed to be a bit of a psychopath which you've got rid of all its, its behavioral protocol haven't it yeah so um the doll essentially is used as like a essentially like alexa but can walk around and look creepy. It's all right, it's up first. Yeah. Um, it can walk around and look creepy, and it can turn on shit, and it, it learns your patterns and things like that. Can um, I just point out, is it bad that I flinch every time you mention the word Alexa? Just in case, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, the boy in it, Andy, his uh, mum ends up with a reconditioned buddy doll, um, and that's the that's the one that's been programmed to be evil. Um Ian, what do you think of Child's Play? Um, so yeah, I think this is um, I think this is an interesting piece of work. This. So I've not seen the uh, the first three Child's Play films. Um, I don't know. I just they 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 passed me by and kind of like looking at them now. The but certainly the first one, the idea of a kid that small being in like sustained peril is not some is not where my head's at so uh yeah um but my understanding is that this is like way more sci-fi than the original three ever were and i mean like i've seen bride of chucky seed of chucky curse of chucky so i've got you know i've got a decent understanding and i really 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 like the setup of this fucking film i love that the entire like reason for Chucky doing all this is because he is an AI who is supposed to be like real, but doesn't have like emotional intelligence. And so mistakes everything Andy Andy's saying and just wants to please him. And when Andy does some cut, you know, if you thought of Chucky as someone with feelings, some pretty fucking horrible shit to Chucky. Yeah, you'd probably fucking lash out as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously not in that way, but I re- I really like the way that they make Chucky sympathetic. Until the self-driving car scene, I was fully on Chucky's side. And I think that the filmmakers make a very, very calculated decision to then have him murder someone who has done fucking nothing wrong. And then from there on, it's like, all right, they're fine. He's he's gone over the top. Um, I think the gore when it comes is good times. I think the film is funny. Brian Tyree Henry is fast becoming a I will watch that man in anything actor. Yeah, for me, he's fucking amazing and versatile. That's what I love about the guy. Um, yeah, like I, I mean, shit. I'm glad they addressed the how the fuck is Aubrey Plaza playing his mum thing nice and early. And then it's like, right, yeah, fair enough. Let's just move on. Um, 
I would watch more of these. I was perfectly happy with this. You know, it's not something that I would say you must see it. But yeah, if you're so inclined, I, I, I think it's a bit of a banger. Personally, I had a really good time with it, but I did have a few beers with me. So right. I'm I'm intrigued to see what you guys thought. Next, what do you think? Do you know what? I I mean, I, I liked the, the original Child's Play movies. I'd probably watch them at about the right age. Can I put out one thing on that? Aubrey Plaza sits in the film that she was 16 when she got knocked up. Yeah. Right? She's actually 21 years older than the kid. Okay. Just saying. Five years difference. She's the least, least convincing mother I have ever seen on film. Anyway. That, that, is, that is probably one, my one complaint. Um... But I, yeah, I really like the original Child's Play movies, the sort of the original trilogy, and then they kind of spun off in different directions, didn't they? Um, but I like that this has, has taken it with a different origin um, and not just gone with the kind of possessed by a spirit kind of route. Um, I like that it's kind of tapping into people's fears of things like smart homes as well. I think that was quite a clever thing to do. Mm. Um, but yeah, like like Ian said, he's basically he acts like they they, they don't treat him like a toddler because he, they don't think of him as real. But like toddlers don't have any context for stuff that they're seeing. Yeah, he acts like that. So he just sees someone being mean to his friend and he wants to defend him. Like the cat, it hurts his friend, so he wants to defend him, and he doesn't have anything kind of going. No, you don't do that. Yeah, obviously that's everything that's been removed. Um, and you know they do expose him to like violent stuff. Like they they make a very clear point of him watching. Is it Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Just two, yeah. Um, and then copying the the stuff he's seeing, and they they're not shielding him from stuff that he's not mature enough to understand because he's a toy. Whereas obviously yeah. with kids, you don't show them stuff like that, do you? Well, no, 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 no that, 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 that's, yeah, that's exactly it. So I think, yeah, like you say, after he's been, after he's been with the guy in the basement, what? creepy guy that he got, that he murdered Dory. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, obviously he's, he's already gone a bit wrong by that point, but. Um, but that, I mean, again, though, it's like, yeah, all right, then in that situation, creepy guy in the basement. Yeah, fuck him. Oh, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> but I think you're allowed to think fuck that guy because he's got cameras set up all over the place. Yeah, and I think you're allowed to think fuck that guy about Shane and yep. maybe not maybe not fuck the cat. That's just what cats do. But like you can again understand his motivations. But it's like poor Dorian was just a bit nice. But it is like it, 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 it's an entry level murder, isn't it? The cat. Yeah, Shane not so much. Though. That was quite brutal. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is serial killers often start with. Yeah, Small animals. So there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a psychological pathway that they're using for that. Oh, Isabel's face after the bit where he gets run over with like the, what is it? It's like an aerator yeah. thing for the watermelon patch. Isabel's face after Shane gets run over with that is just, she was just like, oh, we're all horrible. She was, yeah, she was, she's not, she was a bit grossed out. Which cannot fucking wait to take lots to films like this. I cannot <laughs> wait. Sorry. <laughs> Isabel is very excited about uh, coming with us to see Annabelle comes home. Nice. She's she's fifteen now, so yeah. It's, mm, it's, mm. 
Yeah, very exciting. But yeah, it was good going to see it with someone. I think sometimes we can sit there and be all serious grown-ups about stuff and be like, oh, it's a bit hokey. But like being there with someone that's younger that's like just absorbing and enjoying the the, the daftness alongside the grossness of it was quite nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I first of all, uh, I'm not a fan of the original trilogy. I haven't seen, I haven't seen Beyond... Uh, I think I've only seen the first four, I think. I've seen Brad and Chucky. Um, I quite like Brad and Chucky, but I didn't like Charles playing like, the two and Charles playing three. I, I, they never really landed for me, to be honest. Fair enough. Um, they're not terrible or anything like that. They just didn't, I, I just didn't give a shit, to be honest. Um, and I was a little bit like, right, cool. I don't really know why they're doing this. It doesn't seem like there's all the ones still going on. It doesn't seem like something needs to be done. But then I will admit when the um, Orion pictures thing came across the screen, mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of grabbed next leg and went, oh look at that, <laughs> look at that. And then as soon as they got into the the factory, uh, and then the factory and you've got the credits going like that, um, I was like, all right, I'm getting this vibe. This has got a very late eighties, early nineties horror grimy kind of vibe to it um I'm, all right i'm gonna have fun with this and then that that continues throughout it i'll agree with you there the orbit plaza shows no maternal instinct whatsoever at all it didn't really seem like she likes him but then again maybe that's what is it <laughs> it's just it's fucking weird casting overall it, though isn't it it's like it is because because i'm because another bit of this that, that that backs up what you're saying there is when they bring in Shane, the boyfriend character, it's a bit like, really? That guy? <laughs> no. I don't think she's going to... Yeah. No. You need to... You need to. I'm going to be that guy and say, you need, to, you need to cast somebody more attractive. It's like literally was generic handsome skin job numbers one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. But he, he, he was like... Uh, busy. But yeah, I mean that's the thing because he's like generic handsome skin job, but like he was that ten years ago. Yeah, it, it, it's like it's like like you, yeah. For a start off, you're ginger and you're not hot ginger. You're just a little bit. You you be thirty seven year old Conan O'Brien ginger. Mm. You know before he started having all the uh, Botox and surgery. Um, so that yeah, it, it does feel a little bit weird casting. I thought the kids great in it. Um, Gabriel Bateman, I thought he was really good in there. He, he had a, a strong charisma that kind of that added to it. He, he he felt like a kid, but he didn't feel he, he didn't he, he, he felt like he was supposed to be like a fourteen year old kid, which was quite nice. I think it was quite weird the fact that they didn't partially deaf and they nothing of that throughout the entire movie. Well, that's how he was communicating with him, and no one else could hear. Yeah, but it, it just it, but I just it, it, it seems like they could have got a headset. They literally made nothing of the rest of the fact that he's deaf. Um, but like you said, there's there's some solid gore in it. Mm. Um, the doll is creepy as fuck. Hamill does a great job with making that. Like you say, you do start to feel um, for it, and then yeah, the minute he kills um, oh, Doreen. Doreen, that you go, all right, this little print needs to go. Yeah. yeah. I just thought it's just the fact that lit. And it's a ballsy choice. That woman has done nothing wrong. She's really, really nice to Andy. 
you know, she gives her son shit, but in a kind of like a playful way, and he doesn't mind. Mm. Like, she's fucking thrilled about being in the self-driving car. You know, like, she's like really into that. And then she gets murdered. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's all because she fucking happened to say, you're my new best friend. Yeah. (laughs) Chuck, you just decided to be a prick about it. She even, she even like lets him get away with the creepy faces he's making at her about up in the present and doesn't question him on it. Like she's really understanding. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she gives him a melon with she a K. Covers it, covers for it with, yeah. with his mum. Yeah, uh, yeah. The fucking melon face was great. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Yeah, reacting to the melon face was fantastic. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I had a, a really, really good time with this. It's it's 90 minutes long, so it's, it's exactly the length that a movie like this should be. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's 90 minutes long. It is exactly like how long they exactly should be. Um, You know, we've got it, 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 it sequels out late this year. Or is it next year it's out? It sequels, September. September, yeah. yeah. That's going to be, I think that's going to be two hours not two hours eight. It's going to be plus one hundred and twenty minutes. Different for sure. type of film, that it is a different type of film, but it just—I agree with you that, that, that you can possibly out that. Mm. But it's nice to see a film that hasn't gone shit. We've got people in a cinema. We better make sure this is at least one hundred and five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're knowing their audience uh, yeah. for that. Performances uh, are good. The gore's good. Um, yeah, I had a really good time with it. And like you say, Brian Terry Henry, he's doing some fucking weird, you know, he's not sticking to one genre. He's, he's, he's padding them all out there. And he's he's usually pretty fucking great in them. I mean, really, in the past, what? Past six months, uh, we've seen him in Hotel Artemis, Widows, If Bill Street Could Talk... Did a voice in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, and we've got Child's Play, and now then he's going to be in um, Joker. <laughs> Fucking a. You know that's a and it's a mix. <laughs> and I mean, I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, but I was listening to an interview with him when uh, uh, the interviewer was like, "Oh, and you're in the new Child's Play," and he was fucking, "Yeah, I am. It's fucking brilliant." You know, like, yeah, that was really fun, and I'm, you know, just the fact that I. I'd, it would be interesting to get Aubrey Plaza's reaction to being in the new child's play. Maybe. I mean, maybe, may, maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like a lot of actors would be like, yeah, it was a job, you know, whereas Brian Tyree Henry is owning that, but also owning the fact that he should have fucking got a best supporting actor nomination for if Beale street could talk. God fucking damn it. Anyway. <laughs> the thing is, it's, this does seem like the exact sort of film that, that Aubrey Plaza makes, though. Mm. Because she's she's an odd one. Because I've seen her in stuff and it'd be very, very good. I've seen her in stuff and be very, very funny. And I've seen her in stuff and be awful. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 she's, she's... I do find her a really interesting performer. She's quite charismatic on screen. Like You, you are kind of drawn to her but she's she always plays a bit of a dick yeah but in stuff like um Ingrid Goes West she's really good in that mm. um I really enjoyed in, yeah I really enjoyed in, uh, the to-do list it's, it, it, that's a funny film but then she's in stuff like Mike and Dave the wedding dates 
Interesting dirty grandpa as well. Well, let's leave the dirty grandpa out of this. I know, but she's bad in it. Like, she's even not if great. you think it's a good film, which I don't know why you would, but you, you. It is. Dirty uh, Grandpa isn't as bad as you think it is. We've had that discussion, haven't we? That yeah. it's actually not as bad as you would think that film is. It's it. I would say about Dirty Grandpa is it's not as good as I think it might be, <laughs> but it's better than it ever had any right to be. I mean, I have no issues with it. It's fine, but it's not good. Like it's well, watchable, I but it's not disagree with you. Good. You just like it because it's got Robert De Niro and Zephron in it. And Jason Manzukis. Oh, it has got Jason Manzukis. Fuck, I should rewatch Dirty Grandpa. I will happily do a rewatch of Dirty Grandpa. You boys enjoy that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I would happily watch more of these, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and and the, there will it, be more. Well, the thing well. said, uh, as long as it does well, uh, there'll be more, and it's doing fine. I'm sorry. Even though the um. The, like the story behind the film is fucking fascinating like the rights and all that though yeah um so like the fact that if they do a sequel they're not allowed to do anything based off any of the other child's play films it's they only have the rights to take elements from the first child's play like the original child's play and that's it so they like if they're going to do any sequels they're probably going to have to go further into the like smart home turns against people kind of element of it because they can't like that's why this film doesn't have the possessed by the spirit of a serial killer and all that shit because they know that in the future they wouldn't be able to use that oh no it's gonna go full fucking chucky matrix I think that's more, a more interesting story right now, though. So. Yeah, I could absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, quite. I mean, it's all the better for it, isn't it? Mm, definitely. I mean, lots of shit's been possessed by a serial killer cinematically nowadays. Yeah, that, Smart Home is a new serial killer. Mm. Yeah. Um, I could see that, though. Are we, are, are we, are we, I would say, are we done on Charles Blair? Yeah. Yeah, definitely not shit. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely not shit. I was actually, um, I was actually quite surprised by, by how much I enjoyed it. it you yeah. know, it might end up being on my surprise of the year. Yes, list. Um, and I were, but um, oh, this is quite positive actually. This, huh. Huh. Um, our audience vote, um, definitely not shit. Eighty-three uh, percent. Touching cloth, seventeen percent. Uh sub shit and geostorm with zeros. Yeah, very good. Quite positive uh, on, on that. Um, so, do you want to do some what you've been watching, and then finish what you've been watching with some River of the World? Sounds good. I'm gonna go wee wee if that's okay, and I will be back. That is not a problem. I'm gonna go for a pee as well, Bex. So you oh, can I don't take think the. Not to leave my room again. Right, Bex. Uh, <laughs> what, what, Bex, just talk about what you've been watching. Um, uh, what you watched by yourself, by yourself, and we'll be back in a minute. Yeah. Or what you've been playing, or just whatever you want. Just don't don't be dead air. Yeah. <laughs> Go. I'm talking to myself. At least the door open. Um, I haven't actually watched anything on my own. Domestic disturbance. Okay, so Mark and I watched the John Travolta movie Domestic Disturbance about a 
separated couple who are co-parenting and the wife is um, about to get remarried. Um, it's got, so John Travolta, obviously, and um, Vince Vaughn plays the new partner, Terry Polo plays the ex-wife, and basically turns out that the uh, new partner is not exactly what he's claiming to be. And um, John Travolta finds out after the son sees him murder someone and no one believes him and shit gets real. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was your first time watching it, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. It was a rewatch from me. Was it? I saw it when it was... It's weird that I saw it when it was out and you didn't. Because we were together at the point. Hmm. That's weird. Uh, but yeah, I'd seen it before. Uh, and it was in the um, the post kind of... That little run that John Travolta had uh, off the back of Pulp Fiction where he was making um, an awful lot of movies and had become... He's, he's had two or three of these as, as Travolta. Waves. Uh, yeah, where he was, again, a, a, a bona fide movie star. So, you know, Pulp Fiction, you followed that with, like, Get Shorty, and then he had a little... A little mini kind of blip, a little bit of game where if you think like Michael phenomenon, but then he pulled it back again with like Broken Arrow and Face Off, uh, and then he was starting to dip down again when we hit this era. So we had like Domestic Disturbance and Swordfish, and then he made a lot of the movies that were perfectly fine in the space of a few years. He's a bit of a scenery chewer in it, though, isn't he? In this, uh, it, it, he's playing essentially a smile. <laughs> essentially for the first half of it he's a real good guy real good guy a real good guy yeah, yeah. that stand-up guy he's a stand-up guy and, he, and he, he's standing up so much that you're actually watching going why does he look so small he's standing so tall uh, yeah it, it, it's an odd one uh this movie because it's he's got mental hair in it as well it, it is it is mental isn't it mm. it's like it's peak travolta hair it is it's like they've gone right how many, how many plugs do you want, John? All of them. Well, no, because, right, you don't need all of them. Like, what do you mean all of them? Like, how many plugs have you got in this building right now? We have thousands. Put them all in. Well, any carpet in my head, just glue them to the ends of the other ones. I yeah. want long, long I want, I want a lot of it. An awful lot of it. Mm. But what style do you want it? I want it in these three styles at once. <laughs> and... Yeah, there's there's an awful lot going on, and yeah, it's it, it's a it's an odd one. I enjoyed it because it's a it, it it's a movie made in two thousand and one, but it's actually a nineteen ninety five to ninety seven yeah. uh, thriller. Yeah, is what it is. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I, it, it's it's fun. It's nice seeing Vince Vaughn in a serious role, mm. you know, because I think this was one of his first actual serious roles. Uh, when he was when he when he went from being, you know, a comedic actor yeah. and wanted to be taken more seriously, so he did things like this and the Psycho remake and bits like that, mm-hmm. and then went actually no, I've made more money being funny, uh, and went back to that. And so fair enough. Uh, I think this was around the same time as he made the Cell. I like the Cell because weirdly one of the photos that they use in this to say oh no look. This is the guy. This is him. Really, is actually still from the cell. Is that right? Yes, it is. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, Steve Buscemi does his usual Steve Buscemi thing around this time of cropping up for literally minutes in a movie. Uh, so that was that's quite fun. And a little bit stealing it. 
Yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a lot of fun in this. He is not in it for long, though. Um, he doesn't last well, does he? It doesn't last well. And also, there's a bit where they have to... To, to further to further a scene further along to make Travolta look really smart in it, uh, they have to shoehorn him in watching uh, basketball, don't they? So they can find yeah. out where he's from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so literally, it's like he's having this big conversation, not a big conversation, not a conversation with the, the prostitute or anything like that, and then he literally turns on the basketball for two seconds, and that's it. And then it's, oh, all he ever did was screw and watch basketball. It's like, well, he, he literally didn't seem like he gave a shit about the basketball no. at all. Uh, and, it, yeah, it was it was weird that he was from LA but supported the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. So it, 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 it's an odd one, but I enjoyed it. Um, do you want to go with our next one, babe? No, you can go with the next one. Uh, do you want me to do one I watched on my own, then? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I we watched Tropic Thunder earlier today. Good luck. Nice. Um, because the thing is, I didn't like it when I first watched it. I think that's a fair reaction. I, I didn't get on with it. Um, and I, I, it's one I've always wanted to go back to rewatch to see what, you know, essentially what I missed. What I missed that everybody else got and that I didn't get. Um, and for the first half an hour, I was going, all right, yeah, I definitely missed a lot in this because this is actually quite I, I was quite enjoying it mm. and then it continued and I was like ah no I think I was like this when I first watched it and it just it, it, it just became too chaotic and clustered and all over the place for me and I didn't I, I was like right all right I am genuinely just bored now yeah it's just too much it's an odd one it, it, it but it's another one we've said it a lot recently it's another one of those movies where there is no fucking way this movie gets made now. But also, I can see why people say that Tom Cruise steals every steals the entire movie because he does. The fact that Robert Downey Jr. got nominated for an Oscar for his role, yeah, shows just the incredible like changes that have that have happened over the last ten years. And I mean, like to be fair. I, it, it's i think it's not that the role i don't think the role has aged because his character is fucking ridiculous from start to finish it's i'll be honest it's the fact that people have got more sensitive yeah oh it is yeah absolutely um but he's is it robert downey jr that blacks up in it he, ha- no, he doesn't black up technically but it, it's like but it, it's the fact that they really aggressively push the fact that he's a fucking just an a moron actor who thinks he's like who thinks he's method because he like as he does essentially kind of he, well he doesn't black himself up what does he do like it's like a process he goes through through he, the film it's not, a skin pigmentation dying yeah 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 but you know let's let's kind of call it what it is i suppose you know um <laughs> They kind of insinuate in the film that essentially is they just dye the inside of his skin with soy sauce. Right. We, we, I think they should have made more of as a joke within the movie, but they don't. Yeah, I, I, it, it's... But, I mean, the, it's the fact that they are very much playing up that he's a fucking idiot. That Like, the fact that he's doing this. It's not, this is something we condone. condone. I mean, the fact that he's it is played for laughs 
in it, like today, I could see why people would be sensitive to that, maybe. But at the same time, at least they're calling it out for how ridiculous it is. Maybe they're not making any serious commentary about it, but at least they are acknowledging it's fucking stupid. Yeah. It's it's a, it's, it's not what I literally I, I completely forgot there were certain people in this. So I completely forgot McConaughey was in it. Yeah. I completely forgot Jay Baruchel was in it. I also completely forgot who Jay Baruchel was because I kept looking at him going, that's not Martin Starr. Which one is it? The guy out. Yeah. And I don't know who it is, but I, but I just completely couldn't remember his name. Uh-huh. And I eventually went, oh, it's Jay Baruchel. Yeah. Of course <laughs> it is. What's he doing now? Oh, nothing. <laughs> Danny McBride's in it. And Danny McBride's in it. And again, is in typical Danny McBride, is fantastic. Always. He's a treat. He's a fucking treat. Yeah. I don't think I ever need to see Tom Cruise looking like he does in this movie ever. He's he's quite amusing in it. Um, I quite enjoy. Oh, it. I don't know it, but the bald cap and being fat thing, I don't I don't need that from my Tom Cruise. But it does uh, it it does highlight the whole um, the whole Anchorman. He's so hot right now. Uh, not Anchorman. Um, Zoolander. He's so hot right now. That's what Ben Stiller was at that point. Mm. He could literally do no wrong. And then now you look at it, and he quite literally can't get films made at the moment, which is mental. That 11 years ago, he managed to get this made, and it cost like 90 odd million dollars. Nick Nolly didn't it? Yeah. Steve Coogan's in it. Yeah. Steve Coogan essentially played Richard Stanley in it, which is quite I, amusing. I genuinely like scrubbed <laughs> yeah. my memory banks. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's. I can say it's fine for the first 40 minutes, but then it, it, it loses it for me. Mm. Uh, however, at one point, uh, Ben Stiller just throw a child in the oil river, which was quite amusing. Which is always fun. Yeah. Um, you can do the next one, Alex. Um, okay, so we also watched Con Air <laughs> over two nights. Um, I mean, we, we've seen this a million times before. I'm assuming you've probably talked about this on here before. but Probably, yeah. It, it really is just great it's just a really good fun movie um it's quite it, it's clever enough it's um it's, Steve Buscemi's Garland Green's really good he's he is so funny once he comes into it like I know he's not supposed to be funny because he's supposed to be a monster but when he's just when him and oh I can't remember his friend's name Nick Cage and his and his friend the diabetic one oh yeah i um, sat talking and, and steve buscemi's just in the background just like looking at him it's it's one of the funniest bits of the movie um but yeah it's it's i i mean i i really like it it's one of our go-to movies really isn't it anyway it, it, it's great because it it manages to take itself seriously enough to not take itself serious yeah so there's it, it, it does stuff that is stupid, but then will acknowledge that it's stupid, like the car flying behind the what is it? <laughs> yeah. And you actually have the character based saying, "Well, any other day, this or that would look weird." And it's kind of going, "Look, there's a ridiculousness to action films, but fuck it, you're going to enjoy it mm. because it's well made. It all makes a semblance of sense, mm. uh, but it's not quite nodding and winking at the camera. It it, it essentially is a great precursor." to what the Fast and Furious movies have become now. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're all fine with that. And movie-going publics are are fine with that. The only kind of mild little um, 
we don't get this anymore is because for a brief amount of period the Fast and the Furious movies were I don't think hampered by it but they they had to go for well, they went for the, the 12A rating mm. so they cut out the profanity and the more gorier aspects of things yeah uh, Cornell was an 18 you know it's, it's pencil it's a lot of rape references in there yeah but there's actually no actual rape no um so yeah, it, it's but it, it's a lot of fun, and of course you're getting actors like Lee Fenoff, Nick Cage. Fair enough, it's Crazy Cage. But you've also got people like John Cusack and John Malkovich and Steve Buscemi, and you know you, you've got actors who normally you don't associate with making movies like this mm. in movies like this, mm. and who are having a fucking blast with it. Yeah, you know John Malkovich still says it's his favorite movie that he's in. He's really good in it, as well. Yeah. And he, he, he made it because he said, I, literally, he said, I, I never got offered anything like this. And it, it, I got offered, he got offered a different character yeah. in it. Um, and he went, can't I play that guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went, what do you mean? And I think he was originally going to be playing um, Colin Meany's character. Um, and he was like, well, can't I play that guy? And I went, well, that's like the, it's the cycle, it's the, the bad guy. And he was like, yeah, I want to play that. <laughs> Uh, and our final one uh, that we watched this week, yeah, I think it's another. Yeah. Yep. Uh, is we we watched the Grifters. Yeah. Yeah, we had a bit of a bit Cusack well, so Cusack actually. Mm. Um. So anyone who's not seen Grifters, which is nearly a thirty-year-old movie, I think most people have seen it by now. Um. Uh, sorry. No. no problem. Problem. Uh, John Cusack um, plays uh, Roy Dillon. Uh, he is a short Connor artist, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and he is kind of semi-happily living his short con lifestyle with his girlfriend played by Matt Benning, who he doesn't know at the time is also a con artist, but she's more of the long con. Um, and he gets caught out pulling a, a, a con on a barman and he's struck in the chest by said barman with a baseball bat uh, and becomes very ill. At the same time, he's very ill. His mother happens to come in who, who works for the mob uh, and things kind of start to take turns for the worst, don't they, for him and it ends up embroiling him. There's a lot of Oedipal complexes that are brought up within it, aren't they? There is, yeah. It's kind of suggested that obviously his mum was supposed to have had him when she was very young, which doesn't quite bear out because she looks evilly old enough to be his mother in it yeah they kind of all, all keep referencing the fact that she must be really young and it, what is it you look yeah. and go no I think she could be his mum yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah it's I, 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 it, it's got that, that kind of neo-noir kind of aspect to it that I, that I really dig and it really plays well with me um, Cusack's fantastic in it I think it was his Grip is often seen as like the role that he, he had to go from being John Cusack say anything actor to, to being a more of a grown-up actor, a grown-up actor. Mm. Um, and so that works really well um, and it Benning's fantastic in it uh, it's it's just it's, it's a great amount of fun I got it for three ninety nine on iTunes the other day it was an she, absolute bargain really I like Annette Benning though. yeah and Annette Benning's had a, had a weird up and down career and yeah. she's she's fantastic in this uh, and problematic Angelica Houston's also really good mm. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy to rewatch this. You know, it's 
I did see this to you when it finished, didn't I? I, I, I some, for some reason, I have it in this finished. Um, no, no. It turned out that two of them were running the column the wall or something. No, nothing could match it then the really small. Yeah, you said that to me, and I don't know if I believe you. Yeah, we, we, we'll, 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 maybe we just watched a different cut. No, there is no one cut for me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, so yeah, recommend for people either rewatch or first watch, definitely. Griffins, it's, it's, it's a great film. A real kind of sombre kind of vibe to it as well, Stephen Fryer's, uh, is a, he's a director that I'm hit on this with, but when I'm hit with him, I'm very strong hit with him. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ian, what have you been watching this week? Uh, I have been watching, well, I watched Toy Story 4. Uh, sorry, I'm ever so sorry, I've just got to do something. Okay, yeah. So, um, Toy Story 4. It's... It's not quite where it needs to be, to be honest, to kind of justify it actually existing. Um, so, story is... Um, well, no, I mean, it justifies its existence. It's just, do you really want a Toy Story film to just justify its existence? But maybe you do for Toy Story 4. Who knows? The thing is, fair enough, cars, a Cars movie can just about justify its existence. Fine. But Toy Story was like the thing that kicked it all off for Pixar. You'd think that they'd maybe hold it a little bit more dear. Yeah. And they don't. They seem to just be going back to that well Far too often. Yeah. Everybody, and I haven't seen it, so I can't comment on, on the what is it. Um, but everybody had those three movies, um, and the vast majority of people, and I know we're different, we, we never connected with it, Bex, but, yeah. but the vast majority of people had that as a perfect trilogy. Yeah. And it it seems like if, if you're there saying that it's just about for you just to find its existence, I don't think that is anywhere near enough then because if you've got that perfect trilogy that people are enjoying yeah. like that mm. making a fourth that isn't doing anything new or isn't taking in any new direction is exactly what people have been criticizing quite rightly so i think now is being proven pixar for for a decade now yeah. which is for right you've essentially become a toy company now yeah 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 i know uh, yeah i mean i think that's fair so okay so story is um Starts off with this kind of flashback sequence, uh, kind of pre-Toy Story 3 for how Bo Peep kind of got separated from from the rest of them. And obviously now they're living with Bonnie and she's uh, got her like first day at kindergarten and she's scared. Woody sneaks in her bag um, to see kind of what's going on and um, she makes a toy. And this is Forky. Um, and Forky kind of like wakes up and his first instinct is to kill himself multiple times um or at least throw himself in the trash but that's basically what he's doing he's trying to commit suicide and he he does that multiple times and there's a montage sequence of how woody is basically trying to stop forky from killing himself um 
so uh bonnie's family decides to go on a road trip uh bonnie takes forky and all the other toys forky is basically the toy for bonnie at the moment and so woody kind of takes it upon himself to make sure that forky's going to be okay um and it, it kind of goes from there so um yeah it just it it's it's a good film i mean it, it's it's a solid pixar film it's mid-tier pixar but it's certainly not low-tier pixar but and and the, the thing is it just it needs to be the last one and i mean like but you could have said that about toy story 3 but this one people did yeah and and and, yeah absolutely um he praised it for closing off the trilogy really really well yeah yeah no quite but what i would say is that these films woody has always been like the main character and at the end of toy story 3 he's with bonnie he's with his friends he's happy and you know he's not with andy so this film is about him realizing that maybe his purpose should be what he decides his purpose should be. And I mean, slight spoiler alert for Toy Story 4, but that purpose may not necessarily be looking after a kid. Maybe that kid, maybe for that kid, Woody is not the center of their universe. Whereas, Andy, he was, but is that okay? And the answer is yeah, that's that's fine. It's just he needs to realise that. And so this this film is it's a good epilogue for Woody, and it's a fine it's a it, you know it's a good apology for like Bo Peep basically being kind of love interest in the first two, then fucking fridged in the third one. And, you know, I, 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 you know, honestly, that's good. And Annie Potts as well as Bo Peep decent. I will say as well, spoiler alert, my gone girl theory was false. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. It's funny. Keanu Reeves is good. Key and Peele are good. But, and I mean, like, to be fair, Brad said it's his film of the year and he cried three times. And I've heard multiple people crying multiple times during this film. Didn't get to me. I, the, and I, I, you know, different strokes for different folks. The fucking realisation that they're all going to die in Toy Story 3 gets me every time. And they hold that for just that bit longer. Every single time I watch that film, they hold that for just that bit longer than I remember before the the aliens come and save them in, in, in Toy Story 3. There is nothing in Toy Story 4 that has that resonance for me. So with this, I think they've gotten away with it. But I do think it's tarnished the legacy of the films. That's 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 fair. I think that was that was my. Um, and I think your lukewarm response to it made me go, do you know what? I, I maybe won't cancel plans to go and see this. Uh, yeah. 
So yeah, it was a little bit like like that. Someone who is as into Pixar as Ian is, who it, this is literally like made for, <laughs> didn't get on with it. I think it's fair to say that you and I probably wouldn't. No. No. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, it, it just it's not there. It's not there. Um, but I mean, it's fine. But it's good. That's the thing. I mean, that's that's kind of why I'm sounding like I'm struggling because it's, I it's a four out of five film. It is. But for me, Toy Story three is a five out of five. Holy shit. But when it comes to like end of the decade kind of stuff, Toy Story 3 beforehand actually probably would have been a contender for being in my top 10. And, you know, you don't, I suppose you do have to watch films as their own individual things. But the fact that it had that perfect an ending, but it, now the story's no continued and that's not the ending. Yeah, it it does it does tarnish it. It does. Um, and it's a real shame. Yeah, which was saying, it, 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 again, can't comment on the film directly because I haven't seen it, but it is a little bit like, if, you, if you're going to do it, you've got to have a story to tell. And from the amount of fucking different rewriters they have with this, they clearly didn't have a story to tell. They just wanted to tell another Toy Story film. Yeah. Uh, the Toy Story story. Mm. And it's, it's a little bit like they're they're, they're, they're tarnishing their own reputation a little bit at the moment at, yeah. at, at Pixar. Yeah. You know, they've they've got a lot of fucking guns to make up with the last set of stuff and things like that. That At the moment, they need to... I mean, they're already... What, what's the next one that they're pimping at the moment? It's that one-word one with the really uninspiring trailer. Um, yeah. They've already like, announced another two or something like that. I think. Uh, I, but I, mean, I, I, sorry. Seems a little bit like the a company that that had all of these brand values and now done. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like Incredibles two, I really, really, really like, and I think Into the Spider Verse kind of just fucking came in and shit all over it um, because that showed what a soup an animated superhero film in 2019 can be in 2018 could be and incredibles 2 is just this really really good really interesting fun film whereas spider-verse is at like pushing the medium and that's the thing with pixar it was like previously it was almost like every single one of those films was pushing the medium in some sort of way yeah. and they don't do that now you know, I, but I don't think they can even necessarily say that like they concentrate on story. Um, you know, I mean, Toy Story Four. I saw someone on Twitter comment that it's it shows that there's so many screenwriters on that film when you've got like the action centers on an RV park, a fairground, and an antique store that all appear to be within the same kind of like hundred square meters. You know, and it's it's a fair point. It is weird. The geography of this film is odd. Also, and I, I know I've been harping on about Toy Story 4 for a bit, but the first three films take great pains to do the whole 
people wouldn't notice them people wouldn't see them thing and that there is toy story one they do do the stuff with sid but that's very directly to scare the shit out of that kid there's a purpose there yeah this film literally they are pretending to be the voice of a gps at one point um there is a point in the film where buzz shouts something which makes like bonnie's dad remembers no bonnie remember something and these these toys towards the end are running around this fairground all over the fucking place they're like zip wiring all over and no one's seeing them and i know again it's it, it it's a film where it's like toys coming to life but at the same time the first three films oh you're going to bed okay i need to move then uh all right um all right, I love you. Mummy's telling stories. Okay, mummy's telling stories. Okay, night night, baby. Don't know what she said there. Um, okay, I'm gonna finish this and then I'm gonna move to the MacBook downstairs. So I might just have to pause for a second. That's all right, guys. Um, so yeah, it, it, it the, the first three films, they're they're setting up all these rules. And in the Miss one, they are really liberally doing whatever the fuck they want. And it just doesn't feel consistent. Um, but it, it, it it's a four out of five film. I had, a, I had a good time watching it and it looks really good. It just it's not a fucking patch on Toy Story 3 or I'd argue Toy Story 2. Just back to what we were talking about before, the next two are called Onward and Soul. Onward is the one with the trolls and shit. Yeah, Soul of Love, There you go. So, I mean, God, at least they've got two originals, though. I mean, yeah. that, that's that's something, at least, isn't it? Um, right, I'm going to I'm gonna move. Sorry, guys. Um, I'm just going to go on the MacBook downstairs. I'll be back in, like, two minutes, all right? Yeah, right, cool. Different. You cut out a little bit just now. Okay. I'm just wondering whether, like, having a microphone that cost me, like, 80 quid versus just recording from my MacBook actually makes any difference. Uh, I think it makes a little difference, yeah. It's often the listening, but it's often when you actually hear it. Okay. Okay, cool. Sorry about that. Um, okay, so, yeah, Toy Story 4, um, you know... If, if you see it, you'll like it, but it just, I, I do think it does a damage to the brand. Um, but hey, we're getting a Forky spin off series on Disney Plus. You're kidding. No, I'm not. Uh, Forky, to be fair, he's actually quite fun. I, um, I enjoyed him. Uh, he's not in it as much as you'd think he is, actually. But yeah. Um, okay, so I also watched, um, I, I, I kind of briefly mentioned this last week Kin. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, so finish this off um so odd duck of a film this is i think this got a theatrical release over here um but yeah basically story is set in um detroit and this kid who he's he's a bit he's a little bit of a wheeler dealer i suppose he like he breaks into like condemned sites and like strips the like metal and stuff and then set sells the the scrap and he's in this place and he comes across this fucking robot thing with this gun and the robot thing's like dead and he, he takes the gun and then Jack Rayner 
of Transformers Dark of the Moon fame um, is is his uh, brother who's just come out of prison and their dad is Dennis Quaid. And some stuff happens involving James Franco playing a guy who Jack Rayner owed money to in jail. And Rayner and the kid basically go on a road trip with and with this gun and Franco is chasing them. So it's this odd coming of age drama thing where this kid is kind of like re, like take, deciding who he wants to be in this world. But every now and then there's a scene where he's blowing up shit with this alien gun. And then in the last 15 minutes of the film, it goes fucking batshit. And it sets up, like, what could be a franchise of, like, sci-fi adventures. But it's this really, like, low-budget feeling, gritty, set-in-Detroit coming-of-age thing which has got ideas way above, like, what it, it currently is. And there's not going to be a sequel because it didn't do very well. But it's scored by Mogwai, who, like, are, 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 like one of my fucking jams. Um, they, they are amazing. I remember seeing them at Glastonbury at three o'clock on a Friday afternoon after De La Soul. And I was into De La Soul. I was into Mogwai. There were a lot of people there post Soul who did not know what the fuck was going on because you've just got these Scottish, like barely any vocals, rockers who at one point played a 20 minute long song just on the middle of a Friday afternoon in Glastonbury. And they did the score for Zidane, a 21st century portrait. Um, and this film. Sorry? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they did the music for the, uh, the French TV show, the uh, the the Returned. Um, so they do music for like really random things, and they did the music for this, and it's brilliant. And it's just this odd. It's this island of misfit toys of a, a film. But I really liked it. The performances are sincere. The action when it happens is good. There. There's some stuff in that last 15, 20 minutes or so, which is great. And I was talking to um, uh, Dean Lines, um, who I think we've we met at Fright Fest a few times. And like he's long time kind of like Twitter co- like talker with me. And he um, he co-wrote the, the Hatton Garden job, yes. uh, which I, I, I really quite liked. Um, and weirdly, he, actually, as well. You know that picture that uh, and this is very inside baseball uh, that Noel uh, that sent us uh, as at uh, Grimfest. Oh, is he in that? He's in that. He's the, he's, the, he's the guy we're all talking to. Well, me and you were talking to, and Noel's looking straight forward for some reason. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no, that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's a good dude. This thing, good dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, like he, I remember him talking about Kin, and I 
a while back and I, I tweeted about it and he was responding. We're having this work conversation and he pointed out this, this one thing where, oh yeah, because by the way, also these aliens kind of come down hunting the alien gun as well. So you've got James Franco and these aliens hunting these guys. And there is this shot where an alien runs, barrel rolls over a car, but then just kind of goes upright really quickly, which is just really like, that was an interesting shot. It sounds boring as shit, but that was interesting. And how exactly did they do that? Um, and I don't know. It's an odd, odd, odd film. But I'd really be keen to get your you guys' thoughts on it. It's on Netflix. And, yeah, it's it's worth your time. Yeah, probably we got. So, yeah, Kin. Um, it's, it, yeah, it, it, it's really good. Uh, so a couple other things. Um, rewatch The Kid Who Would Be King. Did my cheeky thing where I bought it on iTunes, then requested a refund after I watched it, um, which works. So, you know, free rental. Um, and that film went down on rewatch for me. Oh, right. like, so Attack the Block, I'm not a massive fan of Attack the Block, but that thing is pacey. It's kind of in and out. The Kid Who Would Be King has no fucking business whatsoever being two hours. It is really weirdly paced. There's there's a, like a battle in the start of the third act, which you kind of think is the end, and then it goes on for like another 25 minutes. Um, I th- There's a subplot in there that just did not need to be in there. I don't know. It just, it. I'll be honest, it kind of feels like I got 20th Century Fox behind me, I, you know, I'm going to make this, I am going to make this big UK based kids fantasy film and it's going to be brilliant. And then it's, it kind of lands with a damp squib. I mean, it lost, it lost money. I'm kind of not surprised to be honest. And you can't even, yeah, I mean, it was shot in the UK. It was made in the UK, but I I just like, you can't even give, give that as being a, a reason to watch it just because it's fine. It's fine, but it should be better. And, you know, if it was a hundred minutes, it would be, but I think, I don't know. I mean, bless Joe Cornish, cause God knows he's been like in development hell on a few things, but I, I think he, he needed, he needed a stronger producer hand to go. You don't need it. You don't need these things. You don't need that. You don't need this. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't know. I don't think I'll ever watch the kid who would be king again, and that's fine. Yeah, and that's a shame. Um, okay, so I watched uh, Monsters vs. Aliens uh, because it was on Netflix, and I just watched the whole thing with lots on Monday night. Don't really know why, and I really like Monsters vs. Aliens. Seth Rogen laughs in it a shit ton. <laughs> yeah, I remember he does laugh a lot in it. Well, and he's just laughing at like the thing is he's laughing at just like oh everything around me is really great I'm just gonna laugh like his character just laughs at things around him and it yeah it, it's brilliant I it, it's a nice gentle at uh, DreamWorks film it's one of those you know DreamWorks where they were just bashing out in the late noughties like these films that just never got sequels like Shark's Tale. Over the Hedge, uh, Monsters vs. Aliens, Megamind, you know, these these films that just kind of came out with big 
star names in them and then just kind of like they have the cultural imprint of a fart they, they were basically like 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 one hit wonder films mm-hmm. and, but i uh, yeah i like it i think uh, i think it's fun and it's on netflix and you know it you, god there's an awful lot more worse stuff on netflix that you could subject your kid to um and yeah that is that is me. I am spent. Cool. Uh, we're, 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 we're back in the game. Back, back in the game. Uh, for Rumors Sorry, guys. Rumors. No, 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 not at all. No, you didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. I, 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 I really enjoyed chatting Toy Story with you. I didn't even see. <laughs> I feel bad now. What we meant was, wake up, Becky. Yeah. One of you can sleep with me. Did you just say one of us could sleep with her? You misheard her. Okay, look, I will volunteer my services for the good of the group and because I've had the most experience. With what? Not getting any? Hey, it's better than the Lithuanian smoothies from your bunkmate in Juvie. What are Lithuanian smoothies? You don't need to know. How will we get Alex and Simpson to sleep together? Because he doesn't even want to. I wouldn't say I don't want. They have a connection. We do? So don't be a cock block. Fine, fine, all right. Okay, cool. I won't block your cock. Be free. Uh, Rim of the World, yeah. So, we, like I said, we didn't decide to do this as a feature film. We just, we've all that watched it. Um, yeah, so this came about because uh, we couldn't work out where uh, Lynn Collins had gone last week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And we mentioned that she was in this Room of the World. Uh, and then we noticed it was directed by McG. And then we watched the trailer for it, didn't we, Vex? Um, and I was like, all right, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm fine giving that a go. I thought it was a kids' movie. Yeah, I was like, are we really going to watch a kids' movie? Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's not a kids' movie, no. So, uh, story of Room of the World is um, Alex is a, um, a a shy and quite neurotic kid, isn't he? Nerd. Um, bit of a nerd, but a bit obsessed with, with danger and the world news and things like that and bits like that. Uh, so his mum arranges for him to go to essentially like a summer camp, um, which is the Rim of the World camp. Uh, and he... Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just remember the scene for that made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> which I'm sure Becky will, when I mentioned it, will attest to how much it made me laugh. <laughs> um so he goes to this this summer camp. Uh, at the same summer camp is a a young girl, um, a Japanese girl. Which I'm kind of remembering, trying to remember her name now. Sunjin. Yeah, Sunjin. Yes. Senzen. Sense. Okay. Uh, she's a uh, really from China, not from uh, Japan. Uh, and you have uh, Darius, a uh, spoiled um, street kid who's not street at all, but thinks he is. Uh, and they encounter uh, Gabriel, who will we'll get into what happens with Gabriel. Um, <laughs> we'll get into Gabriel. At the same time, it, it seems like the um, the Universal Space Station um, is. Essentially blown up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and aliens start attacking the planet, and Alex ends up with the key that can stop all of this, but has to then get it to the um, is it Jet Potion Laboratories? Yeah, 
JPL, yeah. JPL, yeah. Yeah, because there's a good joke in that. Uh, there. It, this is not a kids' movie. Um, no, no, no. It's, but, yeah. Um, Bex, what did you think of uh, Rumor for World? We've got you first in this one. It's a really odd one. Like, totally, it's a bit like, like you say, you think it's a kids' film and you start watching, like, oh, okay. So these guys are all dickhead camp counsellors out of a 70s movie. So that's that. Um, These kids are all knobheads. Like, they're all kind of knobheads. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It it takes you by surprise a little bit, doesn't it, when when it sort of starts and... It's just not what you expect at all. In the trailer, kind of makes it look like a kids' film. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's I, it, I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. Um. They they seem to make an awful lot about getting seventy miles, which really isn't that far. But it is if you're a kid. Mm. It isn't that far for like me, you, or Ian to go because we can all drive. But if you were to say it was about right, you've got to get to seventy miles. Oh, you can be a lift. No. Can I get public transport? No. That's quite far. Yeah, fair. So <laughs> they have bikes, though, don't they? I don't think you've cumulatively biked 70 miles. Whatever in my life. Yeah. You probably have. It's gone family bike ride. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, it, it's really weird, but it's not bad weird. It's the only way that I can explain it. Cool. Ian, what did you think to Room of the World? Yeah, I, I had a good time with it. Um, it's, I thought it, it is odd. I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't really know anything. I, I knew it was an alien attack film, but that was kind of it going in. So, I don't know. It just it feels like it should be a 12A, but McGee just can't resist having dick jokes. <laughs> like it, it's just an odd film, and I mean McGee, like ten years ago, he was having he was doing Terminator Salvation, and now he's doing Rim of the World. It, even though, I mean, to be fair, it's also produced by his production company, so he's probably making enough fucking bank out of it. Um, and it just, it's fun. It, it is funny. I mean, like, the that one kid's movie references needed to chill out, but I did like the the whole kind of, like, those masks look like they're from the Purge wrong genre. I, I was Skywalker as well. Sorry, Anakin Skywalker. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's I like it does work on occasion, but it was a little bit like let's chill that shit out. Um, I mean, like he he makes that he keeps on calling that one kid a, like a nerd and like we need to get you laid, but then he's the one who's constantly coming out with the movie references. And I don't know, it, it was a bit disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, like it's. I, I believe kids more like Spider-Man in Civil War, where it's like, did you ever see that old movie, The Empire Strikes Back? Whereas this kid seems to be giving these references as, as if all the kids around would actually know what the fuck he's talking about. Um, I don't know. It just it seemed a bit odd. That Gabriel character, his subplot was shit. Yeah, it came out of nowhere, that. 
Like it, it was like yeah. what? Like why was that character even there? To a handsome kid. I mean, that was that basic. Was that it? okay? Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's fun. The the, the one shot stuff on occasion is is good. Um, I like that one camp instructor at the start who just disappears from the film once it all kicks off. That was a shame because um, I quite enjoyed him. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was one of those in one eye out the other kind of Netflix films for me, to be honest. But I, I, I didn't I, I certainly didn't hate my time with it. I, I quite enjoyed it. It's just like I, you asked me to tell you anything about this film in the next couple of months and I'll, I'll struggle. <laughs> uh, I, I, I had a great time with it to yeah. be honest I had a really good time with it um, it's I, I agree it, it it feels like it's I mean the mad thing is it's written by one guy but it's not even totally but just the, it, it we paused it at one point I think didn't we to go and get a drink something like that mm. after about 35 minutes not even that I think maybe 25 minutes I'm like this is a fucking weird movie in terms of just the, the atmosphere of it just felt really weird. Um, yeah. I, I I had a I have to pause this moment because I was laughing too much, uh, didn't I? Which, which it was the bit where she's where she makes him sing the song uh, as she's leaving him at the camp, oh. and it's just them two together, and then it pans back, and yeah, all the people yeah. are there. Yeah, yeah. I fuck it creased me that. <laughs> it, oh, that was good. That was, that was good. I was in bits at that. Yeah, you were. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> everyone. Um, You're living it, then. A little bit, yeah. Um, I like the fact that they literally, at, at about a point, like before the third act starts, McGee sort of stops, looks at it, looks at there, and goes, "Right, everybody." Adidas gives a shitload of money. Yeah. So. We're gonna put that in our advert in the middle of it, all right? <laughs> but we're gonna we're we're, basically, we're gonna acknowledge it rather than just trying to fucking shoe on it in there like Bond and people like that do. No, we're basically gonna give you an Adidas advert for the next two or three minutes. So just bear with it. And then he, he fucks off. And we get an Adidas advert for like two or three minutes. I was kind of fine with that. Yeah. I was I was like that should bother me, but it doesn't because because it's kind of got me now as this movie. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, the fact that they just own it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing in it. They do. They own it. Yeah, and I, I thought it was great. And the thing is, it, the kids do feel like like they could do that. But then again, there's the there is the bad movie references that you get throughout it. The fact that there's there's the, the there's a a Breakfast Club one that they don't even realise they're doing was great that was nice I like that you know that was a that wasn't the kids making a reference that was the director making a reference yeah uh, or the writer or, or, or an amalgamation of the two of them uh, which I, I thought was really quite quite cool and it's it's probably one of those films where I, I probably I will watch it again at some point but mm. I probably won't enjoy it as much the next time I watch it no because it won't be as much of a surprise because it won't be a surprise mm. but I, I think my I enjoyed the surprise element of it and I never thought I'd say this, but I am absolutely fucking up for whatever McGee does next. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which I, I genuinely, like, if you'd have asked me that two years ago before I saw Babysitter and this, I'd have been like, oh, McGee's about to I do not want to watch that. He's called McGee. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. But then again, 
I will admit that actually his last three movies I've been all right with. You know, yeah. two of them have been Netflix movies. His net, next one is probably going to be a Netflix movie because I think he's got a deal with Netflix. What was what? the one before? It wasn't fucking Three Days to Kill, was it? it was three Days to Kill. Oh, that film's not good. It's not good, but it's not that bad either. I was fine with it. Actually, fuck it. I enjoyed Three Days to Kill. Yeah, oh God, you enjoy so many things, you bastard. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it's it's very rare I run into a movie I don't like. <laughs> But yeah, it's um yeah. I I I, I was quite glad with my time with Room of the World. So I'm a definitely not shit. Yeah, definitely not shit. I really I really enjoyed it actually. Like the weird tone, something. It was it was just. I think the kids were all pretty good at it. As yeah. Well. We watched it on a Sunday night, didn't we? It, it, yeah. It, 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 like a good Sunday night watch. Did, yeah. Um, where are you? Are you, are you definitely not shit? Or are you touching? Oh porn? God, yeah. No, no, no. I'm definitely not shit. I just don't have an awful lot to say. Um, well, our audience poll was 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 less forgiving. Uh, definitely <laughs> shit, thirty three percent. Touching cloth, zero percent. Uh, and shit, sixty seven percent. Cool. Right, I, we do have some questions. Uh, and I'll start, I'll do the results of that question that I put out to the audience. So uh, this week's question for you guys is: oh, I've set my phone's been an absolute twat. Uh, I don't know, it's just the XR on my XR. <laughs> it's you, tech. It, 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 yeah, it does seem like I'm tech poison. Um, this week's question for you guys is, what was the best toy you had as a kid? Uh, doesn't have to be film related. Who cares? Cheetara action figure for me. A Cheetara action figure yeah. with your arms. Yeah. So the fucking pony you had, that doesn't count. You want a toy? I had a she action figure as well. She had a pink horse wings. Yeah, gosh, she had a pink horse because she was a girl. I don't know. Stuff. I feel like a dog. Like stuff. Like it. You made a weird hand gesture there. No, um, I'm hitting you with my imaginary stuff. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Uh, you deserve it. You've been salty. There's a lot of innuendo I could have come up with then, but I, I decided to skirt past it. I decided to lower myself down on that level. Um, you are by reference in it. So. Yeah, well. Ian, what's yours? I, I actually I, genuinely don't think I have one. I mean, like, I slept with my lion every night, like, for a number of years. That was my boy. <laughs> was it a random lion, or was it, like, from the Lion King or anything like that? Or was it just a random lion? It was just a random lion. What's yours, man? What? What was yours? My favourite toy as a child? Yeah. I'd say football, that's too generic. Favourite toy as a child? Can I have the entire Action Force figures collection? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Can so, you have so, like G.I. Joe Island as well? Or did you ask for that and never get I it? I asked for the Force and I never got it. <laughs> now I just have to go on eBay right now and buy it. Do it. Yep. I don't really. Yeah, and then I can literally mess my parents and say, I don't need you anymore. I have the fart now. I've been waiting 34 years for it. Um, Sorry for bringing that up. But yeah, yes, you can have the entire you. Action Force 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rick Kidd at Rick J. Kidd. So probably the Millennium Falcon and Star Wars action figures I had in the 80s. Well, Unside Dog got hold of the Luke Skywalker lost more than his hand, and it wasn't by lightsaber. Who knew the most destructive powers of Star Wars was actually a border collar cops back <laughs> <laughs> And we do have a couple of questions. Um, Get my phone, a fucking bitch. Um, have you got no bets? Rick Kid, Rick J Kid, going to London this weekend and trying out the War of the Worlds immersive experience. What film would you use as a basis for a VR slash live action immersive experience? Escape from New York. Eyes wide shut. <laughs> oh, I got both of those. <laughs> you have to be Blade Runner for me. That's a good shout. Dystopian future. That's a solid I fucking like you need to fucking watch some of the shit from Cyberpunk 2077, Bex. I will do. Is that what is it all like that? That the Keanu Reeves one. Oh yeah, man. It's like it looks like as close to Blade Runner the video game without playing Blade Runner the video game. Is there such a thing as Blade Runner the video game? Yes. Yeah. You know. Have they remastered it yet? No, they haven't Damn it. Um, Jordan McGrath, at Jordan McGrath. Uh, which character had the greatest beard in film history? It's a gay um, carpet one. You are. Go on. It's, uh, what's his name from The Thing? Ah, Kurt Russell. I already had this. You can't have it. What are you having? Kurt Russell from The Thing. All right, Kurt Russell from that Christmas movie. Look at that, that's the Santa beard. Can't count that. <laughs> no, I already. McCready, uh, that's it. Yeah. Well, I got his name right, so you did. I'll pick another one. You, you cut that. Um, Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible 2. The beard's name is Tandy Newton. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris Evans in. The Ginger Guy? No. Off of Radio 2? No. Chris Evans in Infinity War. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that is a good beard. Strong beard. That's a fucking strong beard, that. Yeah. Can I also throw Arnie Hammer in um, Free Fire, is it? That's a fucking fantastic beard. That is a really good beard, actually, that, yeah. I think I've seen that, but if hot Arnie Hammer's in it with a hot beard, then we might have to watch it. Yeah. Good little film is Free Fire. Just on a, on a comedy level. Yeah. What's his face? The dude that's always flicking it in Kill Bill's very good. Pime. Pime, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a good beard, actually. Yeah, we'll play on that one, actually, yeah. Uh, we've got another question there, boys. That one. Uh, we do. Um, Bradley Porter at Mr. Bonter Code. What would you say the cinematic equivalent of kidney stone lithotropy is? Where they put everything up your unmentionables and then shoot the fuckers. Grim. Break them up and pull everything out. Um, the thought of having to do Remains of the Day as a Patreon commentary track. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with you there. I'm looking forward to the Remains of the Day one. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I didn't say Noel pick number three, so we're doing what we did do in the shadows next week. Fucking cracking. Uh, what film? Was there something that's just painful? To, like, really painful to watch? Uh, the Keith Levin movie. Good job. The Keith Lemon movie. It, it, it's it, A, not a movie. B, it, it is just, it literally is 
it, it's one of the stepping stones at the breakdown of society is the fact that A, there is a Keith Lemon, B, there is a Keith Lemon movie, and C, people went to see said movie and thought it was okay. It is literally why we can't have nice things. Also, that movie about Grimsby, that's not very good, is it? Either? But that wouldn't exist if people hadn't gone to see the Keith Lemon movie. Which wouldn't exist if people didn't watch that horrendous TV show you made with all the rubber people. No, I, no, I, I think just it was, Lee Francis in general can just go and eat a dick. The, um, the mental thing is, uh, back before he did Bo Selector, uh, and he was just a, a presenter on what is it? I remember working with him on a theatre thing we did, and he was a really nice, chilled out, quite shy guy. And he, he, he genuinely he stays away from all the what is it yeah. and himself. And it's just mental the fact that he does this. It, it, it seems very out of character for the person that he is, the character that he plays. Maybe, yeah. But yeah, that's, that, like a master, that's my answer. Fair enough. And I think I'm right. And that's it. Cool. Right, what are we covering next week, guys? So, next week, In Fabric is on VOD from Friday. Ooh. I will watch In Fabric because I've seen it described on I uh, uh, like as a horror comedy. So if that thing knows it's silly, I think I will get on with it an awful lot more than the trailer led me to believe I would. <laughs> what what else is out? <laughs> Yesterday. Um, yeah, no. fast for that. I literally had free tickets to that and then didn't even bother. No. I'm, I'm, I'm literally going to go and see it because it's the new Danny Boyle film. Like, that's literally, like, I like the Beatles, but that is literally the only reason why I'm watching that film. Um, I, I don't believe Danny Boyle goes to that for uh, cynically. I believe he goes into that with his heart on his sleeve. Which I, I think Danny Boyle does with everything, to be fair. So yeah. I'm, I'm in. What I would say there, if you come away from that going, actually, it's quite good. I'll, I'll, I'll possibly give it a go. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. But I'll, I'll at least talk about it next week. Um, oh, we've also got... Foggy. Sorry. Sorry? Foggy, you should take Lottie. What's the yesterday? No, the Queen's Corgi's out next week. No, it's not. There's one here, it is. Well, it's not playing in Cineworld Cardiff, like so. Thank fuck for that. <laughs> um, so yeah, yesterday, um, Apollo Eleven, really, really, really well reviewed documentary about Apollo Eleven, which I will see. I'm, I'm not entirely sure it's a review film, but I'm I'm going to go see that. Um, but we, like I say, we have in fabric, and also Shaft hits Netflix UK. Cool. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, look, what are you guys feeling? Um, I'm definitely up for In Fabric. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. There we so are. You guys can do Shaft. Yep. Yeah. You can watch Shaft. All right, fine, don't. It's literally on here. <laughs> I know, I haven't seen any of the... You don't need to be. I know you have. We watched Shaft not too long ago. I, I honestly don't think you need to have watched Shaft, Shaft in Africa, or Shaft before watching Shaft. Yeah, you, you don't. 
the word shaft has just lost all meaning. She said it too many times. Shaft, 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 Patreon plus uh, film bastards. Check out our Instagram uh, at BexyFars, at Ian Loring, at DudeFars, at Film Bastards. Uh, send us emails, filmbastards at gmail.com. Hit up on the gram. Hit, yeah, hit up on the gram. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for listening, guys, and we should speak to you next week. See you later. Bye. So hot and hot. Fire!